Chapter 29 I didn't forget them, Silverbell told her parents as she pushed a meatball around her plate. They were eating dinner at Gustave's Barrel Organ Café, for that seemed to be the only place to eat in the pit. It was her, her mother, her father, and Louis, enjoying another magical meal that had been played into existence by the hefty barrel organ, except this time it felt much less magical. Silverbell had been thinking about Tico and Poem since they'd left, angry that they'd had to go, sad that she hadn't gone with them, and confused as to why any of it had to be this way at all. But one thing that she certainly didn't do was forget them. You won't, her father told her. You remember everything in the pit. It's the outside world that forgets us. As long as you're in here, you never existed out there. So me, Silverbell said. They won't remember me. Are me? Said Louis hopelessly. No. Confirmed her father somberly. Let's talk about something cheerier. Constanza urged the group that wasn't terribly cheery at the moment. Silverbell, you've kept your violin all this time. Have you been playing it? Yeah, I can make apples. She told her mother gloomily. And keys. Louie reminded her just as gloomily. Yeah, and keys. Silverbell confirmed. That's so wonderful to hear. I... <laughs> Constanza began but lost the momentum of her sentence, as it seemed no one was listening and no one wanted to talk. Did everyone try the chicken? Wolfie asked the table. I thought the chicken was lovely. We're still safe here, right? Louie asked with a miserable kind of optimism, if such a thing was possible to have. Oh, yes, Louis, Constanza told him gently. This is the safest place in the world. For music makers, Silverbell reminded them all, looking at the meatball on her plate as if it were the most interesting ball of meat in the world. Yes, Constanza agreed. For music makers. They didn't talk about anything sad for the rest of the meal, and Silverbell didn't really talk at all. She simply nodded and grunted and sighed in response to questions asked of her. She sighed her way through dinner, and sighed her way through evening tea, and sighed as she laid down in the single bed in her lonely little room next to Louis. We'll look into having Georg play the pieces for another bed into existence for you tomorrow, Constanza told Louis lovingly. He's our resident woodwind woodworker. Great, thanks. Louis smiled up at them, but it was a sad smile. Well, good night, children, Silverbell's father said in a fatherly way as he went back to his own bedroom that was also a living room. We love you very much, her mother said in a motherly way as she followed behind him. Wolfie shut off the lights, and Constanza shut the door. And thus, the little room fell into darkness with its one little twinkling starlight hanging over them. Silverbell sat awake for a long while, thinking about the past three days, knowing now that this world wasn't a dream like Tico had feared. It was real, because it wasn't perfect. Dreams were perfect, or so she'd thought. That night, Silverbell dreamed in music, the way she always did. Tonight, there was a full orchestra, every instrument imaginable playing that one familiar tune, hidden tightly together in a world away from everything else. She heard her mother's cello and her father's bass, and she heard Louis's flute. She even heard her own violin. There in the pit, the sound of music was strong and it was safe, yet Silverbell felt her mind, in its dreaming state, wander beyond the sanctuary of the finale theater and into the world that her parents and the music makers so feared, just beyond the theater walls. 
Slowly, the music faded away, instrument by instrument, as Silverbell left the musical dream of the pit behind. Out in the real world, there were far fewer melodies, but that did not mean there weren't any at all. Silverbell could hear humming. She recognized this sound, this voice as poems, and she could feel it calling to her from across the crumbled city where Poem hid in her beautiful breaking home. Had the government not been waiting for them? Of course not. They wouldn't have remembered to wait. They wouldn't have remembered there had ever been anyone to wait for. And just as Poem and Tico had once been forgotten, they were now the ones forgetting. For all Poem remembered, she was still alone in the world. For all Tico knew, he had never been betrayed by the thing he loved most. Without the memory of her, thought Silverbell Smith, their lives were better. In the musical misty dream, Silverbell floated on, for beyond the humming in that familiar place, there was something else. Just there, just behind Poem's haunting melody, there was a pulse, a rhythm, hiding. It was a sound so quiet and so distant, Silverbell could not place it. Desperately, she tried to follow it with her mind's eye, tried to move beyond Poem's voice, and to the sound waiting just out of reach. Her mind raced as she searched for it in a musical dreamscape, her arms and her heart stretching the lengths of the known universe. It was a sound so quiet that it was barely a sound at all, and seemed to be coming from nowhere and everywhere all at once. Yet it was the sound of music. And the more Silverbell listened, the louder it became. Louder, louder, louder! Silverbell shot up awake, taking in a deep breath as the music of her dreams dissipated and she was engulfed in the silence of her small room. She looked next to her and saw Louis lost in his own dreams. All was well. All was silent. Yet as Silverbell closed her eyes, attempting to calm her still racing heartbeat, she heard it. Not the sound of the music makers in the pit, not the humming of poem a world away. No, there was something else. Something that had always been there, but that she had never paid any attention to before. It was that sound, that pulse, a tiny little breath too far away for her to know just where or what it was. But it was something all the same. Silverbell opened her eyes in a stark realization. There was another music maker, lost out in the world.